I'd just like to rewind to a statement from last week's podcast on Gundogan. I'm like the look of someone that doesn't really get talked about much this season, but we know how good he was last season. What a fucking numpty. Hello and welcome back to Jory's FPL. I am Dan, I'm one half of Jory's FPL and I'm joined again by Stephen, the other half of Jory's FPL. How are you, pal? I'm good, I. Sad result last night for the tune. If we didn't get that send off early on, it would have been a nice day out for me with us going to the match, but it wasn't to be. First time taking the female, how was that for a, uh, for a home game? I sure was a bit shocked at the noise, which were in level seven. So, but I it was, it was decent. The fans were all good. Um, we still got behind the team even after the sending off and conceding late on. But oh, it's just difficult at the minute, knowing we need points from these kind of teams to to stay up. It is. It's annoying. But I think for the FPL listeners or those who are listening for FPL contact, uh, the NUFC Norwich game is probably. The least important thing on their minds. <laughs> so I think we'll uh, move swiftly on. I can't imagine many people listening have got those assets from those teams. But as we mentioned on the last podcast, these games are coming thick and fast. We're in the middle of the second game week since we last recorded. Um, how are you doing so far? There's no point talking points totals or talking about points totals from last week because that's been and gone. We're in the middle of another one. How do you feel you're getting on over the two game weeks? I'm not going to lie, it's been a shy two game weeks for me. Made the wrong transfers in both. Um, Gundogan being the, the main one at the minute instead of Jota. Bad move there, but I still things could improve. Got Kane to play it tomorrow, so he could be the game changer. How about you, Dan? Yeah, I think we're pretty much in the same boat. Unfortunately, us doing the podcast together, we end up talking ourselves into similar decisions. <laughs> Because we look at the same places, get my information from the same places. So, yeah, I went for Gundogan over Jota as well. The reason was because a lot of the mini-league rivals that I've got anyways have got Jota. So, I thought I'd think out the box a little bit. But for fucking Guardiola, not to mention anything in his presser literally yesterday. And there's three players that aren't anywhere and yet aren't even in the squad. You'd think he'd mention something, for fuck's sake. That's it. Stings of Updog not mentioning three players yesterday. To be fair, he said Stones was fit to play as well. So I don't, oh. under, don't understand that one. But you know what Guardiola's like. He just feeds you shite in his conferences, doesn't he? Exactly. I don't think there's uh, there's any need for that kind of shit shithousery against an Aston Villa team. But to be fair, they scraped at the night. So maybe it's worked. Maybe it's worked. Um... Games are coming thick and fast, Stephen. I think it would be a little bit offensive to the listeners if we were just going to sit here and talk about the next round of games without making mention to how things could drastically change over the next games. The Christmas period is it's hell for FPL managers. So I think rather than going through the matches, we've discussed that we're going to talk about, maybe it's for people who are listening who are newish to FPL or... Don't really have never really checked lineups in previous Christmases. Just how Christmas rotations sometimes tend to work. It's guesswork, of course, but you can have an educated guess as players or managers who have played the game for quite a while. So I think just trying to shed a little bit of light on potentially what to expect. I mean, it's hard to even predict it from us, but maybe just give a little bit of information if we can. Yeah, well, this is the time where you want to be gaining. Um, your overall rank and it's the best time for it especially with the amount of injuries and players that will be benched 
and so forth coming up so we'll just go through each uh, Christmas rotations by positions teams and players um, and just give mm-hmm. yeah. just give some feedback on what we think regarding them sounds good so positions Stephen which positions on the pitch are we most likely to see rotation from over the coming weeks I think the ones we we'll always worry about the most are wing backs and wingers just because you, they've got the the highest intensity in them positions the teams like Chelsea City you know they always rotate their wing well the full backs and the wingers um, and they've always got a plethora of options in them positions so one bad game and you know the players might likely to be out in the next one yeah and that's why it's not even just a bad game sometimes you can have a good game and still get that rotation the next time out obviously players these days have got so much information feedback to the physio teams and how much they've ran or just just their fatigue statistics and everything like that so if there's a game on a saturday and they're playing again on a tuesday if there's an option there to be rotated then it's going to happen i mean i know it looks like james has got like a little yellow flag at the moment but it's probably a good chance i mean i was probably expecting to potentially be benched anyways yeah. they've got good options in there as as came in tonight but yeah wing backs and wingers seems to be the one to go is there any is there any wing backs or wingers from those lower down teams that people may own quite highly maybe as Zahars and things like that that we expect to certainly get rotated over the next few weeks yeah Zahars one of them you'd think many have moved to get Lamptey in looks like he was rested tonight um, after playing mm-hmm. start, yeah. started four in a row three in a row so even in the lower down teams you still see that kind of rotation we know with Leicester they like to switch it up go from having Barnes and Luckman on the wings to back to Iheanacho Daka Vardy maybe a front two so there's always rotation risks over Christmas, especially. Yeah, and I think even teams like Wolves, like Nori and Marcel, they could rotate over the next few. I'm not sure if they've got much on the right-hand side, but Semedo plays at a high intensity, so it's players like that that you've got to watch out for. But I think sticking along the back line a little bit, centre-halves, obviously, they play 90 minutes every game. It's very rare that you'll have to substitute a centre-half off or on unless it's for injuries. So I think this is sometimes an opportunity for centre-halves to get rested as well. Mm. There'll be some teams where it's they've literally got the two and then that's it. You know They're not going to change from a back four to a back five just because of this. They're not going to change full formation. But well, we've seen it tonight with City. Diaz and Stones has been playing the hokey-cokey recently. Right. Diaz starts tonight. Stones isn't in the squad. But I think times like this, like I can imagine with the Liverpool defence, although I can't imagine yet own any of the centre-halves, I think alongside Van Dijk's going to rotate quite a bit as well. And there'll be those lower down teams as well. I mentioned Wolves again. You can imagine Cody, Kilman, Bolly, if they change formation to suit the game or whether it's for fatigue reasons, it's going to happen. And I think the back line is definitely a place it will happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just touching upon the teams that we've mentioned um, that are big rotation risks, who would you say are the main ones? Well, you've got your obvious culprits that just wind you up, even if it's like three weeks between games. <laughs> and that's like City and Chelsea. But... Sometimes it's that new manager bounce that often causes a rotation as well. So even if he's just feeling out his players, be able to get quick information if there's a quick fixture that's coming. So teams like Man United, Aston Villa, they've just recently got new managers. So the rotation risk is probably there for them anyways, regardless of the fixtures being fast. Um, Villa being one, obviously, because you've got players like Ashley Young, who you may class as an out-and-out left wing-back, and then Matt Target, who's a left-back, and they'll be playing around with formation. So, to be fair, the teams, 
it's not even just for teams with new managers. It's not even just the defence need to watch out for. I think over the Christmas, it's going to be the whole, the whole team, including the spine. Yeah, definitely. You've got to tread with caution with getting these players in from these teams. We know less than Wolves. They love to rotate just in general as well. And Man U, what they're going to set up as with the new manager, we don't know at the moment. He seems to like players that like the press. So could that mean Sancho and Rashford playing every game? We don't know. Maybe Lingard might come in as well. I think Lingard would be a good show for Manchester United at the moment because yeah. he can, he's a good ball carrier. I think that's sometimes well, that's what they're missing. It seems to be what they've been missing quite a lot. Um, obviously, we weren't scared about benching Ronaldo the last time out. It was what they were winning one nil when before he came on, so they, they might think of that as a little omen and uh, keep them off. But I mean, we'll touch on this towards the end of the podcast. But Man United assets are looking quite tasty coming up, so uh, I hope there's not too much rotation headache for FPL managers going forward. On the other hand, teams that don't seem to ro- rotate so much, um, even over a busy festive period, we know Liverpool don't tend to really rotate, and the players that you you pick in an FPL sense, other than maybe Firmino coming in in the next few weeks. West Ham, they've pretty much kept the same starting 11 all season so far. That might change soon because Ben Rama's hired a few stinkers in recently, hasn't he? He has, and there's players in that position that are coming to the fore. I mean, you've got four now. What's happened to that Vlasic that they signed in the summer? I haven't seen anything of him recently. He plays in that position, doesn't he? He does. I plays anywhere behind the, the front man. He's, he's been playing in the Europa, so... Might see him soon, but yeah, Fornals and Bowen have been classed this season, so you can't see them being dropped. So it looks like Ben Rama could be the full man. He's still got quite a high ownership. He has, he has, and it's always going to be a funny one because I mean, you talk about it sometimes with the City defence, or sometimes you talk about the Chelsea defence. It's just it could be anyone in any day. The West Ham attack is certainly that at the minute, and it seems to be the same three players that are playing at the moment. I mean, we talk about them being. Pretty much playing the same start eleven for the whole season, which could basically mean over the Christmas they are going to change it round. They've changed it round in the Europa. It's worked for them. I think they've won every game so far. So he's obviously not scared about playing Vlasic. He's performed well in the Europa, so there's no reason why he couldn't be the one who comes in for a Ben Rama or a Fornals or a Bowen over the Christmas fixtures. Definitely. I mean, other teams that have got good fixtures coming up that don't seem to rotate so much. Burnley's definitely one of them. It seems like they've got a fixed 11 most weeks. So if you're targeting them for their fixtures, you've got Kone, Wood, always have a presence in the team. Yeah, and I think it's a thing that sort of stuck with Dice throughout his whole like Burnley managerial career. If they're playing well or if they get any sort of result, he doesn't change that team. No. It doesn't move anywhere. So he keeps with the same players that have gotten a result in the game before. And it's not a bad way to look at it. I mean, over the Christmas, it's not as easy to do that. You know, players like Kone, who play at such a high intent. Well, I suppose that's half of it. Actually, not many of their players do play at that massively high intensity. Kone seems to be the only one in there. But he's undroppable at the moment. He's the, he's the guy that's creating everything. So it's going to be an interesting few weeks. But just to try and shed some light on some of the teams that you're not looking for. Well, rotation risk purposes, really. Definitely. Like you say, it depends mainly on their playing style. So Burnley's playing style, you don't seem to see as much run as a team like Leeds or a team like Man City. So you're not going to see as much rotation risk in the long run. No, I'd agree. I'd agree. So individual players, not necessarily the whole teams together because we all we just discussed the teams as a whole. Is there any like individual players, whether it be injury issues in the past or 
any just past history of being dropped around the Christmas or in busy fixture schedule periods that we expect to be in and out of the team? Well, you could literally say any City player, so there's no point mentioning them, in all honesty. Um, Based on tonight's information as well. You've got Mount, Havertz, they're all trying to get um, play for two positions, along with many other attackers in that Chelsea team. You've got Calum Hudson-Odoi, Werner, um, obviously Lukaku's back, so he should be back up front soon. Um, there's about six players fighting for two positions there, so you would think Mount or Havertz could easily be rested over the period. Um, at the back, Christensen, you, you know, like to change the centre-backs quite often, Chelsea. It's been, although, a little funny around Christensen, apparently Tuchel's comments recently was because he's, he's been funny over contract situation, which is why he's been nowhere near the team. What do you think about that? Is it any truth in that or...? I think it's a strange one because Rudiger's in the same position, isn't he? He's played Rudiger every week. So is it a case that they really need Rudiger to sign so they're playing him every week, whereas Christensen's not seen as as valuable? I don't know, but Christensen occupies that middle centre-back uh, position for Chelsea very well compared to the rest of the team other than Thiago Silva, who's potentially going to be on his way out at the end of the season or at least next season, maybe. So they do need to keep Christensen because he's only young and they've got a good win percentage with him and the team. Yeah, very good. And I think a funny one with it being like the right wing backs in the, the centre-halves and things like that, Aspilicueta is always going to be a funny one that you need to be very careful with rotation because club he captain. can play right wing back and centre-half, club captain. So he could be in and out of the team alongside James. I think it was the game midweek, or might have been at the weekend, actually it was at the weekend, where... Alonso came off and James went left wing back, so it's it's he obviously trusts James to play on either side. He trusts Aspilicueta to play either centre half or right wing back, which just makes the whole rotation risk over Christmas just that little bit more confusing for her. Definitely, and I think he, that trust in James and also Chilwell has proved uh, correct this week with them conceding goals in both games without them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, on to Man United, because although they're not doing very well at the moment, their fixtures are looking nice and people will be looking at them. Rotation risk, Stephen. Let's start from the back a little bit, because Bayou's done well when Maguire's not been in the team. Maguire, of course, was suspended last time out. They don't play till tomorrow, so we'll have a bit more information then. Can we see any movement at the back due to the heavy fixture schedule? Well, the new manager doesn't seem to like Shaw. He said something about him last year saying that he's not he's not a good enough left-back for a team like Man U. So, Tellez could be coming in. He's played the last couple of games as well, hasn't he? So, he might be a good option for people looking to get on their Man U players ahead of their fixture swings coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's mad because Luke Shaw is still... Da, 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 5 mil now, I think. 15, he's, he's, he's 5.1, he's still 15% owned. I mean, that's loads of dead teams, I understand that, but... There's still people that will be sitting with him in the team. Um, it's a little bit mad, really, because you'd think everyone had moved him on. But, yeah, it just shows that that rotation risk at the back. It looks like Wan-Bissaka seems to be the only one that is guaranteed a spot there. And that's only because I mean, he's got no one else there. I mean, he's massively out of form, him, at the minute. So, I think if they had another right-back, like, that was good enough. I don't think Dalo can put in there. But if they had another right-back good enough, then he might be out of the team as well. Yeah, and I think like even De Gea and Henderson, they might they might swap around mm. a little bit. I wouldn't even be surprised if he tried that. Um, let's move a little bit further up the pitch, the midfielders. You've got Rashford, Greenwood, and Sancho. What's going to happen in there then? Because people will be looking at that midfield spot potentially if they're trying to move down from a son or if they're trying to move up from someone. Havertz, people will still have lying around. 
what what do we predict in there? Is it just going to be Bruno and two others? Is, is there any is any reason to think there might be someone over another? It's hard to say with this at the moment, just with the new manager. You don't know what to expect, but I think you might place a lot of trust in Sancho. We know Sancho's run stats are always quite good. He might fit his uh, style of play a lot more. Um, separate of that, Ronaldo, his age, that's going to be a difficult one to get him in, in the team every match over the Christmas period. He's, what, 37 years of age? Surely he's going to be rested a couple. You think so? I And I mean, like Greenwood's a funny one because he... He's not played the last three. I'm just looking at some of his stats there. He's not played the last three. It's He started the season so well, so it would have been an easy move for people. Obviously, he's at less price than both Rashford and Sancho, but I can imagine, San, I can imagine Rashford getting some extra minutes over the next few weeks. He's not... He's not played a great deal, you know. He's not had a full ninety under his belt yet, so maybe he's he's going to be the one that rotates. It's going to be so hard with Manchester United. I think by the, it's not even just as easy as saying I'll just go for Ronaldo because he's you don't know when he's going to play. Either. He didn't play the last time out. I'm guessing he would have had some strong words to say about that. But he ran down the tunnel straight away. Did he? Aye, and Carrick went to shake his hand as well. Didn't look good, like. Well, I think it's going to be a funny one for them ones. I think, but if you want to gain those points, I think you're going to have to take a risk on one of them. If you were going to risk one of them for your team and your setup at the moment, who would you go for? With Ronaldo being rested, I think you can only really go for him. Bruno, I'm unsure on at the moment. He's not been in form. He's barely taking any shots. He's a, he's still a lot in FPL. I mean, if he was in the 10 million range, yeah, you could make a fair case for him. But what is he at the moment? Is he about 12.1 or 12.2? Right. Well, no, he started at 12, so he's 11.6 now. Right. Um, but he's still finding that extra money to get to him. He, he can it pretty much, if you've got that money lying around, it's pretty much just as easy to go for a for a Ronaldo for an extra 0.7. Uh, I think if I was anyone else, I'd be finding that cash based on the fact that he is on the penalties. Obviously, Bruno's the ever-present. He's playing 90 minutes most games, but he's just not on form at the moment. That's Could it. change quite easily because it is Bruno, but I think it's a big risk to get him in because... Not even because of his like how many minutes he's going to play, just because he's he's how many points he's going to get you. Yeah, I would love to see Lingard get a game as well. I think he would be a good option for it, but you just don't know what's going to happen. Nah, nah. So any other teams that are a little bit lower down that we think maybe blatant rotation risk. I mean, one for me, we talked about Ronaldo potentially. Is it his age? Maybe that's stopping. I mean, he's probably still the fittest player in the league. But Jamie Vardy, I was very, very much expecting him to be rested the night. He gets rested for the Europa League games. It hasn't happened. It just feels like it's waiting to happen, though, doesn't it? It does. Dakan Iheanacho sitting on the bench each week. Surely one of them's going to get a start soon. He did mention in the pressers that Vardy is in tip-top condition, but obviously they've got so many advances these days that they can keep fit, even at that age. Um, but mm. you can't play him every game, especially not every three or four days. They're in the... They're still in the Europa League as well, aren't they? So, it's tough. Based on that, is Vardy... If you're sitting on Vardy now, do you go for someone who's more likely to play or do you just hold on and make sure you've got a nice bench behind you? You hold on to them with the fixtures they've got. They've got Villa, Newcastle and Spurs and Everton. So, they're not bad fixtures. Um, you would hold on to them if you got them. I don't think you would go for them now if you haven't got them. But yeah, you would trust your bench um, if you have got them. It probably comes off the bench, to be fair, so you wouldn't even get your bench players on. But... It's he's worth keeping for now if you if you have got him for them fixtures. I think the issue now is though because he's played this midweek, 
you very much expect them to be benched the next on the Saturday, but then it's another week till those fit. Oh, it's going to be so hard to try and navigate this Christmas this year. It feels like it's they're coming even thicker and even faster this year than others, but that might just be because we're doing the podcast and we're putting a little bit more attention to detail on it. Yeah, I mean, other teams which were mentioned before that have got rotation risks, Villa and Wolves, any players from them teams that you think, ah, they might be out the team very soon? Well, Ings is very well known for having plastic knees, so it's a good chance that he's going to be in and out. Um, Bailey, Bailey came off injured tonight, I think he came on off after about half an hour, I, I presume it was for an injury rather than a tactical, I've not seen any of the highlights yet. But I think anywhere across there, I mean, you've got Buen Diaz in and out of the team, you've got Ings in and out of the team. Watkins is the ever-present at the moment. If he's the ever-present, which he has been for quite a while, then it might be him that comes in and out of the team. It's it's going to be a hard one, and obviously they've got all right fixtures coming up as well. They do. I think he might he might be trusting Watkins at the moment. He scored tonight as well. Yeah, but even if you go a little bit further back, Mings has been in and out of that team. House has been in and out of that team. Target, Young keeps swapping over. So it is going to be very, very hard. I think you've just got to I'd say, I'd say listen to the pressers, but we'll learn absolutely nothing from Pep's presser yesterday, so it might be totally useless information, really. But it is going to, it is going to be difficult. I think players like Watkins, you know, the young, they're fit, they can play week in, week out, probably play midweeks as well, are the players that you probably want to look for. Players like Ings, who have got a few more miles in the clock, are the ones that are similarly to Vardy that you want to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. I think it looks like the differentials that you've got in your team are going to be the make or breaks now, because everyone's sitting... With the standard Salah, Trent, Chancello, so that's fair enough. But the differentials that you put in might make or break you over this period. And our Gundogan's broke already. <laughs> aye, when Jota scored, aye. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't really know where else people are looking necessarily now. The fixtures are coming up. We mentioned Burnley, who could be in and out for them. Wolves, I mean, for their rotation risk anyway, he's got Potter on Podence who played a game and then he was off away with COVID, so I don't know when he's allowed to come and play again. Traore is in and now Trincao. When's Neto back? Do I have any information on that? I think he's back early next year. All right, OK. He was a player I was looking forward to, to own in this season, based on yeah. how well he'd done last year. And he, yeah, th- I think if Neto comes back in, he's definitely going to be an option for him. Yeah, yeah, I've been keeping my eye on him because I imagine his price keeps falling as well. So I would definitely keep an eye on that one. But even when he's back in January, that's still a rotation risk. So, yeah, yeah, I think, well, well that's the Christmas rotations. We'll try to sum it up nice and quickly. I'll try to shed some light on what we're worried about. I'm sure people will probably know what they're worried about and having a little look at information is wherever they can get it. You kind of but take guess we'll it at the moment. Aye, anything nah. can happen, Cornish. Nah, nah, and rather than battering, battering your heads and battering our heads, I think we'll move on from that a little bit because it's a scary time for FPL managers. So that leads on nicely. We've made a team um, as the non-Big Six Premier League with a maximum player of one player from each team. What we're going for? Well, I, th- I would like to see other people who have listened to this write in the comments below the tweet for this podcast what they've came up with. So yeah, player from each team, well not each team, so it's Make a start 11 out of players from teams that are not in the big six or that Super League six, so we call it, because I mean West Ham and Leicester are probably better than half the teams in there anyways. Um, so just one from each team. Would you like to start off with the goalkeepers? Goalkeeper. We went with Martinez in goal. One of the best keepers last season. 
I think that's quite an easy decision. You might have had a look at look Fabianski and things like that, but that West Ham spot you want to uh, you want to keep a hold of, I think, for a little bit further a pitch. So yes, definitely in agreement with Martin. Is what formation have we went for, Stephen? We went for four three three. Yeah, easy as that. Easy as that. Plenty of centre mids to choose from. Yeah, yeah. So back line, Stephen, right to left. Let's go. We went for Lamptey, right back. Tarkowski and Cody centre backs and then Cresswell left back I think it's a funny one because we talked about wanting to keep that West Ham spot and we've ended up putting Cresswell in who's <laughs> not been up there much recently but that left back spot mate in teams in the bottom 14 if you want to call it that there's an out it's the dodgiest one but we're going to put Digne in but he's been shocking this season even under defensive Rafa Maybe that's worked in uh, his detriment because he's known for his attacking returns anyways. But aye, there's no other left-backs. I mean, we did have Rice in initially, so that would have blocked the, the move for Cresswell in the team. But we couldn't find another left-back to put in. Nah, that's a sorry state of affair. I, I, I was literally racking my brains thinking of everyone. Fucking Dumb it was Brandon close. Williams nearly win. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb it. Dumb it. Aye. But I think another thing on the Lamptey one, obviously, he's class asset. I would have quite liked to have Got found a way to get Lewis Dunk in the team, but right backs. I mean, yes, there's quite a few right backs you could choose from, but Lamptey's just different gravy at the moment. Coffey and Cody. I don't think you can go wrong with that. I think a lot of Wolves fans would probably tell you that Kilman's better than Cody, but you know we need a we need a strong captain, a strong leadership in this team. So yeah, uh, we went for Cody. Aye, and on the midfield. Right, so we've got a midfield three of James Ward-Prowse. Calvin Phillips and Yuri Tielemans. I think those three players could quite easily play for big six teams. Definitely. And they, they would go well together. I think they would complement each other very well. Yeah, yeah. Then again, I would prefer Rice over Phillips probably. But again, that, that left-back spot is just fucked really for West Ham players. And with front three, we went for St. Maximin, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Zahar. This was a bit more of a difficult one, in my opinion, because that central striker spot, I think DC has probably the right call in the end, but you were looking at Vardy. I mean, he's, he's been class for the last six seasons now. Um, Antonio's been on fire this year, but just trying to find a player, only getting one player from each team, is probably what's swayed it towards DCL. Um, Zahar and St. Maximin. St. Maximin is obviously, he's trying his fucking hardest, but we're just dog shit, so <laughs> what, what are you going to do? I mean... If it, he's one of those, he'll be away as soon as he possibly can, I'd imagine, even if we do manage to stay up this season. Zaha, Zaha potentially going to be one of the best players to never play for a top six team? Definitely. Obviously, you mentioned Vardy just before there. I mean, we could have had Allen in there for Tielemans and Vardy in there for Calvert-Lewin, but it's difficult to say at the minute with how bad Everton are playing, especially without Calvert-Lewin. Aye, I've just watched that match as well, and Alan was just shite, just was complained he? at everything. Oh, he was, he was dog shit, mate. I can, I mean, just a little bit of a side note, I could quite easily see Rafa being sacked by the end of the week. Aye, it's not looking good for Rafa. They've got nice fixtures coming up soon, um, but they're, they're known for sacking the managers when they're not doing well, and they are doing abysmal. And it's probably a good time to get a new manager in for the new fixtures. Get that new manager bounce, get a bit of confidence behind you, and away we go with it. Yeah, I mean, just on that starting 11 that we've just picked there, in an FPL sense, I just want your top three players that you like currently that you would have in your team out of them. Out of those, yeah, right, so okay. Th- three, go with your, your top one out of all them players, obviously considering the fixtures, 
points, you know, price. So I think oh, you got to think of rotation as well. Wow. Okay. Right. See, it's a funny one because now you look at it and go, actually, that's a shit FPL team. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lamptey. Right. Lamptey probably at the top one because of his explosiveness and because. Well, Brighton could quite easily keep a clean sheet against most teams. Just conceded the one against West Ham, which is pretty all right, to be honest, because West Ham are looking good at the moment. Probably go for St. Maximin as well, just because of his explosivity as well. And um, The midfield three don't fill you with any excitement. Ward-Prowse, Phillips and Tielemans, so I'll probably stray away from them. I'll probably go for... Well, Cavaloon's injured at the moment, isn't he? So Zaha. Aye. I would just rearrange them. To be honest, I would have Lamptey first. Zaha second and probably St. Maximin third. I would have Calvert Lewin yeah. if he was fit, like definitely. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, we'll move on from that one and it's time to start the what to do with section. So I'm sure everyone listening is already aware of what it is, but I'll explain it again. On a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I'll put out a tweet on the Jory's FPL Twitter page. Asking for any dilemmas that FPL managers have got, whether it's to buy someone, whether it's to get rid of someone. And we'll just try and shed a little bit of light, give a little bit of information if we can. It's very rare that we give the right answer, to be honest with you. But maybe we've got a few right so far. I've made some decent predictions so far, albeit not the ones in the score predictions. But mm-hmm. we've got first Scotty Mack, your brother. He's asked what to do with Foster. It's a funny one, Foster. Do you watch any of... Um... Ben Foster's YouTube things, you know, the cycling GK does. I can't see I do. I've got a better life than that, you know. Well, I've listened to some of his stuff when I'm doing my deliveries because obviously my life's not as good as yours. <laughs> um, so he does like a lot of, he does like podcasts and he used to put the GoPro and the goal in the championship. I don't know if you've seen any of that I've stuff. I've seen that, hi. Yeah, obviously he's not allowed to do that in the Premier League with all the rights and shit like that. So he does a lot of stuff to like to promote his like, his YouTube channel. Anyways, apparently he was, he was filming with, I don't know if you have you heard of hashtag United. Aye, I think I've heard of them. Yeah, like so a like, non-league team. So it's a non-league team, but it was sort of built off by players who played FIFA and things like that, and then they ended up turning into a proper club. Anyways, Aye. apparently Foster was filming with those, you know, just a stupid YouTube video, and that's where he's picked up his injury. <laughs> Allegedly, that's that's what the rumor is. I mean, I've not heard anything to go against the rumor, um, but if that is the rumor, then that is massively embarrassing. That's rough, Foster. like... I, I can't imagine a 38-year-old bloke and he's he's done whatever he's done by filming a YouTube video. It's pretty embarrassing and I'm sure Ranieri won't be very happy about it either. But I think if you've got... Unless you've got a few quid in the bank and you don't mind having two 4.5 keepers, I think you just need to stick with Foster. People had Foster at the start of the season as a 4.0, not expecting him to play. So when he did play, you were over the moon. For him to not play again shouldn't be a big deal, in my opinion. I don't know what you would think. Would you like prefer to have two playing goalkeepers, or do you not mind having a 4.0 that doesn't? No, I'm happy with a 4.5 and a 4 for goalkeepers. I mean, you've got to consider most people will be sitting with Sanchez as their first keeper. I've got with Foster, and he's still got decent fixtures coming up. So if you're sitting with Sanchez and him, you just keep Foster for now. I think what it is also, I mean, like tonight's a prime example. Brighton have lost tonight 1-0, but it looks like Sanchez is still going to come out with a bonus and a save point. So you're still you're still getting four points from a goalkeeper, even if they've not kept a clean sheet. So it's not not a big deal to be worried about playing any goalkeeper against, even if it's like a 
Well, maybe he's not Liverpool at the minute because they're firing on all cylinders, but you can still get those save points. So playing a keeper against a big team doesn't bother us a great deal. Obviously, you're going to try and, if you've got two playing goalkeepers, you're going to try and target the, the easier fixture in hope of a clean sheet. But I don't think, if you've got Foster, he's your second goalkeeper anyways, he's 4.0, you're going to have to find money if you want a second goal playing goalkeeper. I don't think it's worth doing. I think the extra 0.5 you can save and spend elsewhere in your team is probably more important than tackling that 4.0 injured goalkeeper problem. And none of the keepers really stand out, but all the expensive ones, Mendy, obviously Saw's been doing quite well recently, Ramsdale, you cannot really manoeuvre to get to them without spending a lot of cash. Nah, I agree. Yeah, cause, I mean, if you want to get a Ransdale and a Guaita, it's an extra 0.5 or 0.6 at the moment. It's, it's it's just not worth doing it. There'll be other fires in your team to come in the next few weeks, especially with, or I've mentioned, rotations. It's going to be injuries galore coming up soon. African Cup of Nations in January. I think you, you can do better than using that transfer on your on your reserve goalkeeper. And on that point, do you think those that haven't played the wild card or command position coming up for this schedule? Definitely. I mean, if I cut my wild card now, I'll probably try and hold on to probably 16, where the fixture swing comes with some player teams. Man United being the main one. Villa have got a nice swing as well. Um, yeah, oh, definitely. I think, I mean, in years gone by, I've always kept my wild card as late as possible for this reason. Um, it's hard to do in the middle of a Christmas, don't get us wrong, because of rotation factors, which we've discussed already. But to, to have it as late as you can, I think, is an advantage regardless just having the wild card's an advantage if you've, if you've used your wild card and someone hasn't you're already at a disadvantage whether or not it goes right or wrong yeah definitely and although we did see a, a quick improvement with playing it in game week eight it does seem nice to have it now just with how many injuries and how many bench and nightmares are coming up so i think you're definitely right oh, yeah. with that. i think we're both definitely envious of anyone who's still sitting with their first wild card yeah i mean even if you're just still sitting at about 500k with a wild card in hand you might say that that's more beneficial than someone sitting at, let's just say, 200k without a wild card. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, another ever-present in the What To Do With section, Dan Henwood, asks, well, he's on Vardy now, with rotation factors which we've considered so far on the podcast. Is he a swap for Kane if you can do it? I mean, the good thing about Kane is he's not going to get dropped. You know, he's going to play every game. He's just given two pointers at the minute, isn't he? Though that's the only thing. Got still got nice fixtures if you can afford him. If you haven't got Ronaldo, I'd be going for him over Kane. I mean, okay, obviously Tottenham haven't don't play until tomorrow, but after this game week, Leicester have got Villa, Newcastle, Tottenham, Spurs have got Norwich, Brighton, Leicester. I would say on the whole, they've. I mean, they've both got one's got Newcastle, one's got Norwich. That's quite even in difficulty. One's got Villa, one's got Brighton. I'd say that's quite even in difficulty. And then they play each other in the third game week of the three. If they've got even, they've got even. The, the, the difficulty rating is pretty even, to be honest. So, I mean, if you're moving from one to the other, it's probably not a, not a good idea. If you're on Vardy now and you worry about his rotation risk, there's a good chance he doesn't play at the weekend against Villa. What, do you agree? Or I think so. Yeah, I think Vardy's not going to play against uh, Villa. I mean... A risky option that you could go with is Jesus. Looks like he's got that right wing position nailed down. Mm. It's Pep. It's Pep. Of course, their fixtures are unreal coming up, but it's Pep at the end of the day. I okay. think, speaking to Dan in, in person, you know, in the real life, um, 
he was looking to get the cane as soon as he could because of Vardy's rotation. I seen him tonight, and he was very buzzing to see that Vardy was starting. Hasn't returned anyway, so unlucky. But Norwich up next for for Spurs. I think that'll just be too tasty for anyone to look at and be like, I can't go into that game without any Spurs assets. I mean, a team that we don't really mention at the moment is Watford. Their forwards are doing really well at the minute, if you want a cheap option. City next, though. You know one's going there now, are they? No, well, not next, but after that, Brentford, Burnley, Palace, Wolves, West Ham, Spurs, Newcastle, Norwich. Prolonged yeah. prolonged good fixtures there for, for Watford. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll be looking to get one of those lads in uh, from Adam Armstrong in the next few weeks, and a few people will be doing the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, I think if, if you want to do the hokey-cokey with Vardy and Kane, go for it, but be prepared to get your fingers burnt. The low of averages means that Kane is going to come good at some point in the next few weeks, surely. He usually has a good Christmas period, doesn't he? Or have I just made that up? No, I think he does, because he plays every game, so... He's bound to score goals at some point. Um, the fixtures still look good as well, as we mentioned. So I wouldn't put him off going for that. Yeah, yeah. I think I would. I think I would go for Kane if I had the the money in the bank. And it's he's easier to come off with. It's an easier move to that big man up top for Man United. Lukaku looks like he's coming back soon. It's an easy move down to him if you've already got the money up there. So yeah, go for Kane. Why not? I know no one's else has mentioned it in terms of any other replies for the what to do with, but. A lot of people will still be sitting with Antonio, just as a side topic. What do you do with him? Wow, that is a tough one, actually. Wolves coming to a bad fixture run. Newcastle coming to a bad fixture run. So Wilson and Jimenez don't really look like great options. You might just want to hang on, mightn't you? I mean, he's not done much the last few weeks. But again, it depends how you want to look at it. The law of averages say that he is going to. If you are going to come off... You're going to lose some value, I'd imagine. Chelsea, Burnley, Arsenal, the next three, so they're not the best ones for him. But after that is Norwich, Southampton, Watford, Crystal Palace. It's, it's so hard because you feel like if you've held on since this long... if you, What's the reason you've held on? That's the question. Okay, If you're an Antonio owner, what's the reason you've held on? Is it because you know you can score against anyone? Well, if that's the case, then you still hold on all of them. Yeah. yeah. If you've kept them for the value... His value is probably going to drop. His fixtures aren't the nice in the next three. He hasn't returned in a while. Depends how much value you've got built up or how much you value team value. That's it. And like you say, there's not many other options in his price range that really stand out right now. He's 43% owned still. I'm surprised by that. I thought it would have been lower than that with how many price decreases he's getting at the minute. But yeah, from... I don't mind Chris. I don't mind Chris Wood as a downgrade mind. Ah, Chris Wood. We've mentioned him before, haven't we? He's very low owned and he is going to get probably more points than Antonio over the next three but from game week 18 onwards they've got Norwich, Southampton, Watford, Palace, Leeds they're five perfect fixtures for Antonio to come back it is it is yeah it's going to be it's going to be a funny one but I think if you've held them on for this long it's going to be it's you probably want to keep a hold of them the reasons you've held on for them are probably reasons worth keeping I agree I agree with that. So that... Or oh, maybe he's another funny one. Maybe if Vardy comes out in the wash, he's got a little niggle or something in the next few weeks. Ian Acho and Dakar with their fixture runs could be quite tasty. Oh, aye. Vardy's potentially an injury risk as well, playing this many games. So uh-huh. I would love to see Dakar get a run in the team. I just want to see what he's, what he's like in the Prem. I am desperate to see him as well. But maybe Rodgers will show him in the next few weeks. That leads me nicely on to our last bit, which is our transfer plans. What are you going to do for game week 
14 down. Well, it's going to be a funny one. I'm, I'm going to wait for CNN News. Give me 15, it is, Sorry. I. Right. It's, going to, it's going to be a funny one, I think. I mean, similarly to you, my transfers have been shocking. James in, then gets one point in benched. Oh, we're not even benched. He wasn't in the squad. I need to wait to see what the crack is with him. Broke again in this week. Heard nothing until I read the, the team lineup and he's not in it. But I am planning towards Cristiano Ronaldo. I think we've mentioned it in recent weeks. It means coming down from Sun to somebody and then up from Jimenez to to Ronaldo. It's it's going to be what to do with that Son. I'm looking at James Madison, 6.6 million. I think I can do worse for him. He scored again tonight. So I'm going to have to keep an eye on that in case his price rises because I am going to need to get him at the cheapest price possible. I think I'm just going to have to wait and see. I'll keep an eye on the price rises. If it looks like something's happening, then I may have to make that move very quickly, but then I've got Sun in and he's getting to Norwich next. I can't move that on. I'll have to wait and see. We'll yeah. just have to wait and see. The road to Ronaldo is on, on way. I mean, the next pod, we're probably going to have to ask ourselves what to do with because I haven't got a clue what I'm doing with half these players I've brought in. Guaita, James, Gundo, they're all things I need to look at at the minute. I didn't want to move a keeper on, as, as we know, we don't like doing that. So, James and Gundo, I think James will be back for the weekend. He must have just needed a rest more than anything else. But Gundo, question marks around why he's out the team at the minute. He looked good the last few weeks, so it's a strange one. But we're just going to wait on news before we make any more rash decisions. Is there any players that you're desperate to get in or get out? Um, In the near future, you mentioned them already. Ronaldo is definitely going to be something I'm looking at. Sancho might be an option if the manager likes him in midfield, but it's going to be hard to navigate to him with his price, 8.9 million. Such a hard one to get to when you haven't got anyone in that range other than sort of Salah, who's above him. Um, so I've got I've got Son at the moment. Would it be a potential that I could move Son down to Sancho and then I could actually free up a little bit of cash up top as well? Definitely. It's a good option, that. But then it just feels like you've only got the one premium with Salah, whereas if you've got Son, you feel like you've still got two premiums. That's it, because you know Son can bang at any time, whereas there's still there's still question marks around Sancho and what he can do, isn't there? Yeah. Jury's still out for Sancho. I mean, other players that we've already mentioned on previous pods that I like the look of, Kone, Wood. Plenty, plenty. We've talked about eight Nuri, even though that's like a little side note. We've mentioned, we've mentioned plenty of players. People on Wilson now are probably looking to come off him. Four Niles I like the look of as well, actually. Ready for their fixture run. Um, mm-hmm. Bowen. There's a lot of players I'm looking at, but I just didn't know what to do. I wish I went Jota instead of Gundogan. That's my first mistake I've made this week. I think I think there's... None of the players around there now are filmed with much excitement. No. So it's hard to, it's hard to plan these transfers so far in advance because... It just feels like everyone's attacking those big players in those big games and those players in between like like six and six and seven and a half, you just know that they're the rotation risk and you just you're just waiting for a disaster to happen. Four weeks ago we were saying the opposite, weren't we? We were saying we love the players around that price bracket. Yeah. But now it seems to have all changed very quickly. Even Gallagher coming in with a one point he's one yellow card away from a suspension. He's a worry at the minute. Yellow. Oh, he loves, loves the yellow. yellow. The way he plays, he loves the yellow, doesn't he? But Rafinha has got hard fixtures coming up. I know I haven't got him any longer. I know you've got him. You, you're, you're seen he's a season keeper. But he's got Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool for the next five games. Yeah, I know. But I just think he's... I mean, I was... I listened, obviously, I listened to the Newcastle match last night on the radio when I was at work. And then I switched over to the Leeds game. 
and the commentators were just honestly like licking his ass so much <laughs> of how just how good he was all the chances he was creating and whatnot. But you know what it is? He's not actually registered an assist this season. That's mental, isn't it? It just shows you what they've actually got up front, which is yeah. fuck all at the minute when James is up there. I mean, he's on most of the set pieces, the free kicks, and he's not registered an assist. It just If they've got a Bamford playing, then that just, just reiterates that he's a season keeper, in my opinion. Well, he's back soon, so if you're keeping him all season, that's only going to improve his output. Well, actually, when you talk about Antonio replacements, what's Bamford sitting at now? Let's have a quick look. 7.7 mil. Still mm. owned still own by 3.3%. <laughs> but at 7.7 mil, if you're looking to move on from a Jimenez and Antonio or Wilson in the next few weeks, if he's if he's back, say, just before Christmas... Yeah. Actually, there's quite a few options now. I'm looking at Watkins, Bamford. Mm-hmm. Decent options. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be harder the next few weeks. But I think we'll leave the FPL there for Stephen. I'm burnt out already. Yeah, we'll get on just to the last side topic we're going to mention before we wrap this up. Who wins the title, Dan? I suppose we're nearly halfway through the season, so it is. I think, although you're watching Liverpool banging all these goals and good defensive performances, they're, they're liable to a 1-0 Burnley defeat somewhere along the season, aren't they? Um, yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea for me, European champions. Why not? Chelsea just got over the line against Watford the night. Does that not fill you with a bit of worry? Mate, it's three points on the board. Those teams who can play not very well and still get the result are the teams that end up winning the league. Very true, very true. I mean, I'm going to go with City. I've said them since the start of the season. Got them on a couple of bets as well. Still think they've got the best squad depth um, to get them through the season. Obviously, they've still got players to come back as well. So... But even with so, even though they don't have a strike, do you think they're still going to win the league? I do, yes. I mean, Foden, Gundogan, De Bruyne, they've all played admirably up front, so any of them can fill in as a striker. That's an interesting one, Stephen. Who, and i put this to any of the listeners as well, if you want to comment down below, who is City's highest scorer going to be this season? Chancello. <laughs> not point scorer I mean like actual goals oh really <laughs> <laughs> wait I thought it would have been an FPL pod you know you might be well you know we FPL hats off for now <laughs> with the, the hat cleanly off I'm going to say Foden Foden wow that's bold considering he's missed quite a lot Um, I think I'm going to be going even bolder and I'm going to say Jesus aye why not if he if he's if he's as nailed as you tell us he is now, then I'm yeah, go Jesus. That wouldn't listen to me. But then again I have got <laughs> Salah and Mitrovic to be top scorers, which is looking very tasty so far. Very nice. Now, is that like four figures coming in for you if that happens? Uh, I think it's our grand for twenty Nicely done. Just just twenty five quid on it as well. Well you can spend it on getting with some new equipment, mate. I'll spend it on your band, get majority's FPL. Bib. Aye. Aye, get majority's FPL baby grow when he comes out. I'll do. Right, well, wrap that up there then, Stephen. We've waited on for a good three quarters of an hour there. Just a little bit different from always talking about FPL and results. I mean, we will get back onto the fixture. It'll probably be, seeing that they're coming so fast now, it'll probably be after, into the new year, when we start talking about game-by-game breakdowns. That's it. I haven't got the time to watch every game at the minute. There's too many coming thick and fast. It's hard to even... Like take in all of the information, anyways, isn't it? So, I love, I love how I'm saying, oh yeah, I will get into the 
game roundups when I'm in January. You'll be I'm here by then. To watch the games when I'm going to have a baby by then. I'll be like, <laughs> oh, sorry, I'll just two seconds, Caitlin. I'm just going to um, I'm just going to watch every single second from every game. <laughs> right there, Caitlin. I'm going to um, I'm going to watch Wolves versus Brighton on a Monday night. <laughs> you look after the, you look after the Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Feed the Ben, please. <laughs> Right, yo, then we'll wrap that up there. And Stephen, thank you everyone for listening. And go and follow us on Twitter if you're not already. I'm sure you already are. At Geordie's FPL. Any feedback's appreciated. Any ways you think, or any suge- any suggestions really that you think better ways to interact with the pod. I mean, Stephen doing a shit job or not entertaining enough. Just, just, and just any interaction would be great at this point. And if you could hire in, yeah, non-big six Premier League XI with only one player maximum from any of the bottom 14 teams that'd be nice to see a few in the in the replies yeah it would be and we can um we can rate them and we can have just have a go at people if their team looks shit <laughs> probably better than ours yeah very well and the FPL points are probably better than ours I don't know why people tune in to be honest <laughs> right we'll wrap that up there cheers everyone for listening yes thank you everyone for listening and ciao for now catch you later Dan see ya pal bye Thank you.